what do you say, John? Uh, I guess we're doing this, dude. We're going to do this, man. It's uh, been a long time coming. I know we've been kind of pushing it aside because we both had stuff going on, but it was time to grab the bull by the fucking horns and do it. So yeah. here we are. It's been uh, the last couple of months have been kind of crazy. And obviously, like what I, what I do with work and stuff, and I do this other podcast called Spirit Talk, I, I, I get kind of. I'm able to focus on that one because it's so specific to security, what I love. And so this mm-hmm. idea of what we started Scatterbrain, since it is very open to interpretation, but very, I feel like I have to be more focused on this one because there could be a lot of unknowns between you and I, whatever we talk about, where everything else I could be like, research this person and just kind of do go through the thing, have fun and do a great podcast, but it's structured. This, yeah. I need to be mentally ready to jump in and just kind of have fun with this. Yeah, and that's the thing is that uh, people have to understand that we're really not going to come at this with a weekly agenda. There might be some topics that we may want to talk about because they're both, we've either talked about them privately and we kind of want to bring it to more of a forum like this or we just kind of, everything is shoot from the hip unless we have a guest and we'll, we'll focus on what they got going on and then, then get them in the bar talk, you know, just pull up a stool and let's talk shit. Um, but uh, I think for this first one and us getting out of the gate, man, I think it's just kind of setting a, a tempo of what we're going to be doing here. And hopefully people dig it and want to join in and they can agree, disagree, want to chime in eventually. And we'll make yeah, it up I mean, that. We'll, this we, won't listen, we, won't, we won't listen to your ideas or concerns, but I mean, we'll let you at least chirp in. Oh, absolutely, man. Our opinions are our opinions. And, you know, you want your opinion, start your own podcast. Yeah, I'm into it. Hey, what are you yeah. drinking right now for caffeine? Uh, dude, Allegro coffee, just coffee, and it's my like. I do big cups, dude. So this is probably like my eighth coffee of the day. Do you have? Would you get to a or do you ever get to a point where you drink too much coffee? Or, you know, what happens when you get? Dude, when I was pouring this cup because I was getting ready for the show, and I was like, "Well, I'm I'm pretty up and awake. I mean, I'm, I'm it's what two o'clock in the afternoon Central, and I'm fired up, but." Uh, yeah, I kind of thought, well, I need a cup just because. I don't know how long we're going to talk. We could talk for 20 minutes or two hours. And I thought, well, I just want a cup of coffee. So, yeah, dude, I felt like I was looking at myself going, well, I wasn't looking at myself. I was kind of thinking to myself, like, man, do I really need this? Man, it's a PB&J for me. You know, it's just coffee. It's there if I need it. But, um, yeah, dude, after that second cup no more, I'm like, I think I'm pretty good. But I'm one of those absolute freaking weirdos, man. It's like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, I'll throw it on a cup of coffee. I'm sleeping two hours later. It doesn't affect me like that. I think I'm blowing my adrenal glands out or something. So, yeah, what is that? Because I I, I can drink Red Bulls. And right now I'm doing this new uh, watermelon Red Bull. And uh, yeah. It's all right. It's for, But for me, though, I drink it because I like the taste. And that could go with coffee, too, or anything where I'm just like, oh, you're going to be up all night. No, I'm not. I actually need to drink this to go to bed. So I don't, it's, it's like yeah, a weird kind of, I don't, I don't get when people say, or like when people are like, oh, do you have uh, too much turkey at Thanksgiving? Oh, I'm really tired. Now I get why I get the chemical reaction. I get all that stuff, but I don't get that way. And so for me, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of weird, man. Like Dude, I don't, I think the, I, hey, go back to your Thanksgiving thing. I think what it is with turkey, obviously there's a tryptophan that's in the turkey. That's a chemical that, but what it is, man, I think at the end of the day, it's just the to and fro of dealing with family and all of that. It just wears you down. And then you throw like a comfy uh, set tea or something in the mix. You're in. like, you know, it's like the holidays. I earned this rest. It just go happens. I'm going to do it right now. Right. Well, quite honestly, yeah. what you do is like when you're done eating, give it 15 seconds, 15 minutes, settle and go for a freaking walk. You know, or, you plop or down kill everyone or- in the house. Do what? Or kill everyone in the house. Well, that's coming. That's the that's evening. That's the evening festivities. Actually, Cheesecake dom- and murder. Dominating yep. them in board games. Then you're just going to have to go. You're going to have to go into the cutlery drawer. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you, that, dude, watching that Night Stalker special on Netflix got me all fired up. What a fascinating. I mean, great show to binge watch. Yeah, yeah. People were complaining about the visceral, the blood in it. And I'm kind of like, I. I get if you're squeamish or whatever, but this really happened. These crime scenes were atrocious. Yeah. So if you can't handle the fact that this really happened or this is what crime or murder looks like, I mean, that's on you. Stop being a bitch 
and let me watch the show in a, 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 unabided by censorship and stuff like that. Dude, anyone that complains about the blood and guts thing is absolutely full of it. How, if you watch the news today, do you and I and, and a few friends were talking offline? The the all the ice in Dallas Fort Worth right now and all those massive car wrecks and there's reported fatalities and like how many people reposted those videos? I'm thinking, man, this, this slow motion carnage. It's uh, people are addicted to it, man. I, I think I think the visceral level is to know that the crimes went on, that we are capable as people of doing those kind of things. Um, but I, I what I liked about that show in particular it didn't focus too much on that. I like the fact that it focused on the detectives and the actual ideas of solving the case and all right. the different all the different politics and played. I mean, there she is in the middle of it all, disrupting the the, uh, the, the investigation. Diane Feinstein, she's made a career out of, of disrupting things because somehow it was going to affect her, right? Her constituents, right. her her stake in the game. Um, so we'll go back and realize that in the 70s that Feinstein was there too as a, as the mayor of, of San Francisco kind of getting in the way of things uh, was really telling. But I thought it was really interesting. I, I love the fact um, I never really knew how that ended. I didn't realize that he ran in the neighborhood and the neighborhood took care of him. They, they're the ones that got him down and basically kept him at bay until the cops came. Which but, is badass. It is. It's super badass, dude. It's like you know what they, they they like saw something that was like, you know, doesn't matter what neighborhood you live in, rich or poor, you want your family to be safe, right? And if you can take that on head on, then you do it, you know. But uh, I thought it was super interesting, man. But what follows afterwards, man, is is about that show, and you'll see a lot of things happen with Manson too. Is the amount of glitz and glamour they almost kind of put behind these killers, these mass killers. You know, it's like they get they get groupies, they get fans. Obviously, that just shows there's a lot of mental health issues and people are starstruck by the craziest things. But it's very interesting the way the human, the reptile mind works. Like, yeah, there's so many good people doing great things in the world. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and, and put my support behind this guy who's a mass murderer. It doesn't make any sense whatever. I mean, there's no rock star appeal there. I'm sorry. There's no sex appeal. There's no nothing. It's just cold-blooded. Yeah, it's uh, yestterday I was on the Dean Bledel Network doing a live um, talk with Dean, and he brought on a cult expert. And we were talking about like, the people like the Q movement or cults in general, whether it's Heaven's Gate or Jim Jones, and mm -hmm. the reasons why – people follow a cult or how they get trapped in or how a cult fades into obscurity once people stop kind of picking up the pieces and going in their direction. And it was just very, the whole cult mindset, I don't get it. And it's, that's why I'm kind of like, like if you go on HBO Max and I went down the last couple of weeks, this crazy documentary about cults. So they've got this have kept the heaven's gate mm -hmm. um, about Haley's Comet. That's very fascinating. Yeah. Four part series. Then I watched the Jim Jones one, and then I watched the one of the yoga guy. I think you and I talked about Bikram. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm just like, whether it's fitness or idolization or these weird, whatever makes a cult a cult, it's just, I don't get it. It's right. It, uh, yeah. It, but it comes down to the human thing of needing inclusion. Even the most outcast people and people who have the darkest thoughts, they always want to feel a little included. As much as they want to be this kind of like leave me alone outlier, they still want to find a place that they can call their own, I guess, with the people that have that likewise mindset. Because it's like anything, like if you get enough people together to then believe in something that's probably a little nuts, it doesn't, it, it normalizes it to them, right? Like right. if I it's believe just... it, if these hundred other people believe it, then I can't be, you know, I can't be wrong, you know, but dude, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it's like, it's like anything. I mean, we can place idolatry on everything. I mean, we work in a business where we're, you know, we work with artists who are idolized by people, not to that, sorry, not to that extent, but I mean, I, I see where it all begins. I mean, uh, there's fun and games in the seventies the groupies rock ethos, you know, back then, but, uh, you know, and, and we both deal with artists who have some fans that are serious, serious fans. And being in security, you have to differentiate between the people who just really like that band and really bring a lot to their world or people that try to associate in a much different manner. 
than just your regular garden variety fan. And that's the ones you always have to kind of keep an eye out for. Now, for you, it's a little bit different because obviously within this moment, Maria, the mm -hmm. female aspect of a client that you're trying to protect, you're kind of there is there is something different there. I feel like there's more of obviously the attraction from a male fan to a Correct. female or female to female, but there is something more sinister, I think, when it comes to the cults of all these women. You know, the reason why I say this, when I was out with Nickelback years ago, I'm dating myself like I'm 45, I'm actually 35, but a couple of years ago. Uh, the Pretty Reckless were the opening tour for, or yeah. act for us in Canada. And Taylor Bump said, awesome, great crew, great band. But the stories I heard about her dealing with crazy fans, trying to sneak pictures of her, and this crazy stuff at hotels, it just, I'm kind of like, I don't get it. It's a, it brings a whole other level to, when you have fans, that's great. But I think, and you would know this more than me, because you deal with a female client that there is an added issue i i would think so you have to cover deal with because these fans are you have like this physical attraction this sexual attraction this mental attraction these weird attractions that you might not get you and i might not get if we look at bruce dickinson right correct correct i mean if he's playing uh fear of the dark i might have some more of attraction to him but like i don't it's weird right that i don't get that fan that breaks that that wall down, we're like, hey, I'm no longer a fan. They're gonna, I'm gonna date this person. They're gonna be my lover, and it's like I don't get that. Yeah, I, I obviously, what was the the aspect between male and female? Like with female, obviously, you got the male, like you said, the male males who are super attracted to because these are very, very alpha women, you know. Right. No, they, they're out there, and I mean, they, they, at, and, and they, yeah, and so um, you get that attraction, the physical attraction, the sexual attraction, the kind of like idolatry the uh imagination their dreams of whatever they think they would be with that person and then you have the females who try to emulate them and the only way to emulate someone is to get super close to them i think they feel like they absorb whatever this person has that they want not knowing that full well that when they're off the stage they're super normal people these are very taylor i spoke with funny you mentioned taylor i had an interview with her yesterday and maria knowing her very well these are very quiet reserved people they're not they, they, they're, they're like anyone else. Unfortunately, though, when you get on the stage, it becomes something much more. It's like, you know, the, right. the, they flip as, as performers. They go into character to perform these songs. But unfortunately, there's some fans, not all. Most fans are pretty respectful. It never really rams too much, Maria. There's a few things. You get a lot of online internet stuff that gets a little weird. Right. And you can only control that so much. You just block them or whatever. But it's, it's when you're doing live and meet and greets and the walks and everything that it gets a little hairy, especially festivals. Cause you know, when you're having your own shows, you know, doing, doing arena or theater, you can control who's backstage and it's pretty, it's pretty right. wired down, but festivals, man, you know, there's friends of friends who are back there, you know, they're like with friends with the local whoever, and it's just kind of a wide open thing and you really have to keep super tight things. And you don't, you know, it's one thing you have to have to protect. It's like, you have to protect from the oversellers fan, which means that too. Sometimes you have to protect, or at least guard against, just the normal fan who's like, "Hey, just want to say hey," or "Can I get an autograph?" or "Mind a quick photo?" Which normally, under the circumstances, is not a big deal. But you just never know um, what's going to happen. And I, I like to err on the side of. It's not that I don't trust people. It's like you know, I want to. I, I'm, I'm guarding my client. I'm guarding my friend here. And I'm sorry. You just have to understand that. And I'll, I'll apologize later, but you know, so the, uh, yeah, dude, but I, I think with the male thing, when you deal with shine down or Nickelback or his guys are, you know, Dick and stuff we're talking about, it's like most guys that are fans of bands, they just want to high five the dude, you know, like, you know, right. you'll run into someone. Right. Yeah. Dude, we run into people now who we, as we were younger, we loved, I love Iron Maiden when I was a kid, you know, the first one of the first metal shows I ever saw. And then 20 years, 30 years later, you're actually having a conversation with them about dealing with some sort of business aspect. And you're like, you kind of, as a fan, you kind of pinch yourself after the conversation, but you really not want, want nothing more from them. And it's funny because I was watching one of the Rush specials last night, Neil Peart, around 1980 when moving pictures started to take off and there started to be a little bit more fan adulation. He didn't understand it. And that's why he kind of moved into the shadows of it. Not that he didn't care about the fans. He just, it, it's just not for him. 
he just wants to perform and make good music for people to enjoy. He didn't want to be mixed up in into it. So it's an interesting aspect as far as dealing, going back to the idea of the cult and what the people we're speaking of aren't really cultists. They're just individual people who just have this fascination right. with an artist. What um, was the, uh, the rush documentary that had the, uh, I can't think of the name of it where they basically it centers on this group of people that started this convention of rush fans, but then it became so big where the actual band got involved. Dude, I, I don't know. All I know is like beyond the live to stage, the banger films one, and then a couple of the classic. Yeah, maybe albums. that's it. I was just kind of blown away that I didn't. Oh I mean, yeah, the guys have seen like eighty-five, hundred shows. They travel yeah. the world. I mean, listen, they're but no they date. start this. It's it's an outgrowth, but the thing is, those guys are like they're such a different thing. They're just mature, blue collar, white collar adults, heavily male, obviously, uh, but some females. But yeah, they're just. I I think they're at that point. They, but they're like Metallica. Though. They're super smart. They get their fans to open up these fan clubs, and they the band the band works with the fans, knowing full well that they're going to protect the brand, and it's going to be uh, something that you know. I, I think it's something they just find a lot of joy in. I'm like, you know, the fans are going to do this anyway. Might as well work with them. Yeah, and that's a super smart thing. I mean, uh, we both have a friend, Wayne Summers. And Wayne is uh, the little English guy who basically is such a Metallica fan. He started a Metallica UK fan club, and he works with the, he works with the band's management because you've got twenty thousand members. Why wouldn't you, as a band and management, why wouldn't you you know seize that opportunity to work with the fans and be? You'll always, no matter how big you get, you'll always be a fan, a, a band of the fans. You know, right? The people's band. Um. So yeah, but um. So I just thought Pierce was interesting. He's like, yeah, he's, he mentioned, he goes, man, I, I always love The Who. I love seeing The Who when they play Montreal or Toronto, but I never dreamed of trying to meet Keith Moon backstage. I would just go to the show, enjoy it, go home and listen to records and leave it at that, you know? And, um, you know, access, social media, Instagram nowadays has offered some sort of visual access to these stars. Twitch, all these new paradigms that people are involved in where you can cameo where you can involve yourself with the fan i mean the the artist one-on-one -on -one. it's a fine line man it's 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 good because it's a, it's another business model for for artists to seize upon but it's it gets a little where's the where does it blur where does it like where does that line there still has to right. be a little bit of a line there you know you, we need boundaries that even our personal lives we need boundaries with certain friends or family so um yeah, I've always I've always drawn into the fan concept where they'll pay to do a meet and greet, which is great and stuff. But then there's after the meet and greet after the show, there's always a still. Well, I need more pictures, or I need, I need this, I need this, I need that. At what point does the artist? When can the artist say, "Hey, enough is enough. I've already. What more can I give you?" Right? And maybe that's yeah. just me worrying about. One of these days, a crazy fan getting too close after a show or waiting by the bus. So that's just me being me. But yeah. I'm just like, dude, you were front row. I saw you catch a guitar pick. You got a set list. What more do you want for these people? Right? So I, I think that's what we're there for is to play the role of the bad guy. The bad and I, and guy. I, we're just like, right. hey, we're going to be, we're, we, we are the purveyor of bad news for you right now. We're done here. Thank you so much. We hope that you enjoy the evening and we'll see you next time we roll through town. Um, let's do this again. Check out their new video, whatever. Um, that's what we're, that's part of our job is, is, and that's the thing, man, is like security business. And you and I talk about this endlessly, man. Customer service is part of the job. You know, you want to be firm and direct with people, but you also want to know that you care about them. You want to thank them for taking the time and their their money to, to, to come and support the artists that you are working with. Um, but you also there has to be like, hey, look, when the arm goes up, it goes up and that this all stops. And, you know, you're able to it's also helps you. We can utilize locals. They're like venue security to kind of be as a, an, a, an additional block for us. Right. So um, we can always find a way to we, we never try to skate around responsibility. We will always wear that on our shoulders. But it's also help when you have another line of people that say the venue can sell, say, hey, look, we, we have to clear this area, this and that. Right. And but you're right, man. It, it's hard when you you realize, like, you know, you're giving them a show. You've given them a, a, an ability to buy merch. 
um, to do a, to see a, a fantastic performance, maybe get a souvenir like a set list or something like that, then do a meet and greet. So you're actually meeting them, get a photo. Um, again, you're getting a little bit more time with them and then that's it. And yeah. anything beyond that is basically that's when our ears prick up. Yeah. It kind of the reason why I bring it up is here's the thing. All I think nine times out of ten, all fans are great. Like I love them. I can count my hands five instances where I've had an issue with a, a fan that got too overzealous. But mm -hmm. you look at the uh, years ago, uh, I think she was on The Voice, but Christine or uh, Chris get or uh, Christy or Christy, the girl that got shot by the crazy fan. Her yes. brother was a tour manager. Yeah. Um, and forgive me. I forget her name right now. Um, but something like that, when it happens, it kind of, it, it just, it kind of puts you on alert. Right. And for me, I'm very because I don't you don't know who people are right because there's times you might know a friend or a coworker but you don't know that person and you're supposed to go out here and be a buffer between the artist and someone that no one has any idea about and mm -hmm. so for me it's like it kind of I like the rush but it does kind of there are instances where you're kind of man this could be this we got, you gotta stay focused here man yeah it's um, lost my train of thought for a second. Oh, we did. No, no, no I'm, I'm like you too, man. I like the fans too. I'm actually befriended several of them, you know, and they, you know, we'll reach no, out to each other like, hey, how you doing? Great. But they understand. But these are also the fans too. They're just like, they're fans. And, you know, and they're not trying to befriend me to get closer. They're just, we had a, it's not about that. It's about like, hey, just me and them. It has no, nothing to do with the artist. I just, right. I only met them through this vehicle. Right. And know? I think all fans are respectful. I just, I think more so now, once we go back to whatever. The normal was before who says the new normal can't be better right so yeah yeah but we, we you kind of like now people have been drained of their livelihood their their life vessel force of live music so when the floodgates open man i think you're gonna see a lot of really great stuff but you're gonna have a lot of people that are gonna be playing catch up and it might kind of take over their their good intentions well, I mean, okay, so double-edged sword. We understand that people have, have lost, not only the musicians in our world have lost income, but a lot of people who want to go see shows aren't working in the same manner and making the same money they were. So when they do come to a show, we realize and have to understand, again, customer service, that that money they have is hard-earned and they're spending it with us. And, you know, there's going to be, with so many bands and shows going to going on at once, it's kind of like these people have to pick and choose when they usually go to several shows a month. Now it's like, I can go to one. And if they choose you, you have to make sure that from the time the door opens to the time that they're home and they're, you know, they're in their car going back, that they had a great experience on, on our end. You know, they right. may have had a bad opportunity with maybe something with the bar or someone else, some security in the house is fine. But as long as the band and crew are providing, um, a, a good uh, show for them um, and respectful of, of what they've done and spending time with us and we're be fine. But you're also right, John, is like we go back to now about how artists and fans now are, are interacting more and more personal ways, again, through Cameo, through Twitch, through Zoom, whatever. I mean, again, I know it's, it's another way to pull an income for an artist, but it also, again, gets some of those people who are, a bit on the edge, a little closer to them, so that gets the feeling where, like, next time they, that that artist rolls through town, they feel almost uh, inclined or entitled. I mean, we have a relationship. We talked on Cameo twice. Right. You sang to me. You right. sang happy birthday to me. How are we not friends? Um, it's going to be a rare instance, but it's it's the rare instances that we are hired to take care of. Right. You know, you know, ninety nine percent of the time it's usually pretty smooth. You're going to have that 1% though, that is going to upset the apple cart so badly that it keeps us on guard for everything. I love how serious that got. That's badass, man. It's it. You know what, dude, I think it's the truth. I think it's just, a, it's a, it's just something we're learning. And, and as we go along and everyone gets back to work and they're going to go out with their bands again and, and that's one of the things that, and I, I'd recommend it to bands looking for security is like, hey, are they up on what's going on? Are they having these kind of discussions with other people about, hey, what to look for? What happened in the downtime? What were like fans reactions like? What did you run into any weirdness along the way when you were doing some sort of like virtual 
situations because i mean listen there's some towns we roll into where we already have the names of people that we basically have put a picture up and said this person's oh, not allowed in the venue it's the same people probably you know you you are banned and uh there's there's just no way around it i mean safety f- for everybody but safety for our for our, our client first now recently you actually launched another social media page for photos what mm-hmm. was the reason for you for that uh I thought that my regular page, my normal page, was getting too into uh, my personal life. You know, and just kind of like pictures that were like, because you know, I'm, I'm a photographer, man. I, I do that. No, you're, your work is awesome. It's like you, the, be, well, the better part, what you write with the picture is just, it's just oh, perfect. Yeah, thanks. So it's, um, and I want to talk to you after this about your experience with your camera, your Fuji, because it's one of those on the fence kind of cameras for me. And I'm sure you and Sanjay have talked a lot about it. Sanjay is the reason why I got that. He told me, cause I, I, uh, I only like taking pictures of like landscapes, whether it's a sunset or a cliff or nature or a meandering path, like some Robert Frost bullshit. I love that stuff. I can't, I'm not the type of guy that's going to take the, the can of lens and zoom in and get like a intricate, clock piece or uh, a, a sparrow sunbathing. yeah yeah you're an environmental guy you like because you are you're you're obviously always out where you live in the part of the country you live in um is robust with all the different colors and terrain and right you guys have actual Four seasons, seasons and yeah you I have every up- season and and it, it's just so beautiful and serene and quiet so landscape with for what you do makes perfect right. sense because there's just so much to take in and you're not going to get that sense of what it is by doing macro shots of you know clocks or watches you know you're not a product placement guy you're a landscape kind of ansel adams yeah it's just like what i see at that instance i want to capture and i I, you mentioned ansela um i mean i remember growing up those coffee table books everywhere i went the waiting rooms and stuff i just grew really fascinated with what he captured at yellowstone or yosemite and it's just there is there's something it's like he was like he's like for me Almost like why I love Johnny Cash. Almost like an outlaw, but every piece of art he touched, or they both touched, had that that raw authenticness to it that I just kind of resonate to. And I think that's why I find great joy in just walking down a pale path and being like, man, this is a cool shot. Like, I'm, I'm just going to take it. Like, whether I have my cell phone, uh, which shockingly enough actually takes really good pictures or my Fuji that I bring with me and easy, easy to kind of play around with the, uh, the aperture and all that shutter speed, all stuff like that. And I just kind of make my own mistakes and learn from them. And I do, I think it's a great camera. Dude, what you're doing more than anything is that basically with a fixed lens, what you do, it gives you the opportunity to shoot. I mean, you start getting into, you know, I mean, we talk to photographers and they're just like, they hate carrying around bags. You know, you learn and become a better photographer when you have one camera one lens and you hit everything from that perspective and that becomes your niche like john you'll always be the 35 millimeter focal length right and, uh, i don't have that regret where but man if i had this camera i could have done this no, no you I, can't. I look at it as i didn't i'm gonna i can't take this photo but i'm gonna take the photo i see right now yeah like, I, I just i can't think like that I mean, if paid work is one thing, that's where you're going to need different focal lengths because you have to capture different moments and inspirations. But I think doing the, the single camera, single focal length is like the best thing for a photographer. Plus, you're mentioning Ansel and Johnny and John Muir. Those guys are the, more than anything, man. Oh, they're outlaw, kind of. But you know what? They capture the heart of America. You know, we're rustic. We are independent. We're freedom or wide open ranges. We are, that's who we are, man. Cities and everything are fine. That, that helped became part of America. It's part of it. But when you get down the core of America, we are about wide open spaces. And there's guys, just something about route 66 or just like, yeah, North man, big Sequoia as a Northern California. Yeah, it's just, it's like it's they take awesome. us on, they take us on kind of this Lewis and Clark kind of expedition of what the country represents through their images and music and, and spirit and you know and like mirrors ability to hey look at that mountain that ansel adams and this all ties in it's like hey you know what i'm gonna go out and climb this mountain that a week ago ansel adams took a photo of and that's that whole spirit dude as far as me switching or adding another page i wanted a page that represented more of my pro work i guess you could say or something that's kind of like hey this kind of represents who i am as a photographer 
my page represents who I am as a person. And just this last week, I really got back to the idea of I love dogs and coffee. Dogs and coffee are like my two bugaboos, man. They're like my thing. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to spend a little time for the next few months just posting photos I do of dogs and coffee. And it's just like, so I can do have the freedom of doing that on my personal page. I'll still throw some other things up there. But those are kind of like when it's your personal page, it's kind of like this is who I am as a person. The other part is about, hey, this is if you ever want to hire me or buy prints, here's some of my work. Right. And that's what I mean. Listen, we at some point it's not an official business page, but I I, tr I try to set it up as such. Yeah, no, it's 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 having your stamp on it. It's just very, like I said before, you usually you mean usually you always write really cool, like captions that aren't the traditional, very quick to the point, but so powerful. And stuff like that resonates to me because it makes the picture that much better. Yeah. Because you're you're th you're saying what I'm thinking as well. Yeah, I don't like to. Uh, maybe I'm a little too flowery. I don't like to attach like the facts. Here is so and so playing at so and so fests. Uh, blah blah blah. I'm not a gear guy like that. That's to me. That's gear talk. Yes, I, I, I mean I'll put I'll put them in the hashtag who it is, or sometimes I'll you know I'll I'll make sure I attach the band to whatever the photo is, just to kind of they want to use it and 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 put put it out there for themselves. Because listen, right now all bands are looking for some sort of content to put on their sites because they ain't creating anything new right so i mean yeah so that was that was really the whole reason why it wasn't really anything other than just want to separate my personal from my professional and listen dude it's like anything else man sometimes you get hits on your pages your personal pages you're like messages you're kind of going hmm 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 i better switch over to another page here <laughs> a <little> weird <laughs> have you ever taken a picture of a dog drinking coffee no dude i'd be a I, I, I'd be frightened to do that. I, I, <laughs> a, I don't want the dog to have an anxiety attack. And B, I'm like, well, I don't, that's my coffee. <laughs> no, dude, I, I think most dogs are put off by the foulness of it. I think that would like, you know, whatever. I it mean, would blow my mind seeing a dog drink a cup of coffee, watching, like, reading, like, the newspaper, just, like, watching TV, just, oh, just... Oh, that's like one of those blue dog paintings. You know, you could see someone come up with some version of this, basically, where we do this kind of this this war world. Basically, dogs are the humans and humans are the dogs kind of thing. Or there's no humans anywhere. Dogs just acting as like such. You know, we've seen the ones where it shows the like when the parents are away, the dog invites all his friends over and they're playing cards around the table. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the world. That's the world I want to live in. 100 percent. Yeah. I don't even have to be human. I can just be a fly on the wall watching dogs doing all kinds of stuff. Now, you mentioned you just did an article with Taylor Bumpson, but you uh -huh. did one for, was it Rob Halford? I did Rob, and then I did... Um, so is that for a publication, or what do you, is that just yeah, for like it, a it's freelance? It's a thing called Max Alt-Rock, and uh, it's got Mike Parrish, uh, helps put it together, and Alan Niven, who used to be like one of the managers for um, Guns N' Roses back in the day, and... Our other buddy, uh, uh, Pete Mazzulas, he's he's in it as well. He's, they're all kind of a collective of people. What it is, it's a radio industry-based magazine, so it's basically kind of almost a B2B type of thing. I mean, we make it available for public consumption, but it's set up. I was introduced to Mike, and I saw the first issue. And I was so attracted to because the insides, the guys are all like my age, so we're like you know, 50 range. So we were all like big fans of those rock magazines in the '70s. So it's set up in the middle, and, and the, the the magazine itself it's all it's not a it's not a hard copy. You have to go digitally, but you can flip the pages like you would a magazine. And there's like ads, like they set up in Circus Magazine or Hit Parade or from back in the day. So I was like, man, this this is so funny. It's like growing up reading those magazines like front and cover when I was ten years old, or back to front to back. Jesus Christ, front to back. Um, and then now writing for a magazine that kind of replicates that is such right. a big thrill. I mean, it's just, it's good. But like Taylor yesterday was, she, that opportunity was brought to my attention and a buddy of mine, Rob Fenn, I don't know, you know, Rob, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. Rob, Rob is kind of like one of her big photographers and he was kind of, we were going back and forth not so long ago and we were talking about like, he's talking about the new album is amazing, this and that. And, uh, I was like, yeah, I'm super interested. And then I got the call. It's like, Hey, do you want to speak with Taylor? I'm like, absolutely. I've never spoken with her before, and um, she was she's awesome, awesome. Man. She's awesome, yeah, dude. I mean, she just like, and we just, I listen. She has a past as an actress. I don't bring that stuff. I, you know, I try not. Isn't 
interviewer and writer, I try not to hit upon the obvious. I mean, that stuff's been drug over. She's talked about that stuff so many times. I think there's nothing new to no nothing new to turn over as far as new information about her actress career. Right. And really, I didn't really focus too much on the earlier albums. I did a little bit to kind of give some context, but just focus on the new album because it's so rich and it's so full of depth that I'm like, man, I could take 15 minutes per song to kind of go over stuff. And dude, it, the great thing about her, you don't have to pull anything from her, man. You throw something out there, she will run with it. Like she's a total pro when it comes to dealing with media. Now, what is your thoughts on the Barely Dancing stuff? I got no comment on that because you know what? It's like, I, I got a lot of comments, but I don't, I'm not in a position to say anything. I just don't know. I mean, listen, the guy's a peculiar guy, man. You, like, look, he makes himself well aware of who he is. Now, as an audience member, you can go, okay, this is, it's, it is what it is. It's Manson. But if you're someone who's trying to get in a romantic relationship with the guy, understand that you're not getting into the guy next door. You know, you're going to get, right. you're going to get some weird stuff. And, you know, it's, I don't know what to say. I mean, I know it believe, believe everyone type of thing, but I'm like, okay, there's enough people coming forward that, that might feel, or it might be correct. It might be correct. Like if they've released proof yet. That's the I, thing, man. Like, I always man. get caught up. Where's the proof? And I, and yeah. I like you, I want to believe the victims. I, I, this see, go on, I want heads to roll. Yeah, dude. Listen, absolutely, man. Like, you've got proof. Did you, where are the police reports? I want to see. Did you call when, when an in, uh, one of the nights that something happened? Did you call the police? Or did you just not say anything because you didn't want to, like, upset anyone or whatever? But, man, it's a jury's out kind of thing. I mean, we hear this stuff all the time. And there's a lot of people coming forward. But I don't know those people from Adam. I don't know. I don't know Brian from Adam. Right. You know? So, I mean, I know people that work with him and that are very close to him. But so do I. Yeah. So it's just kind of like I've never. It, it's just surfacing now, really. Yeah. It's just I don't know. I'm over that era right now where everyone gets. I'm not going to say cancer because if you did break the law, or do awful stuff, you deserve uh -huh. every punishment that should come your way. You know, but, but it is funny, dude, because you have these people doing that, but then you have people who are actually like married to him, like Dita Von Teese, or you had like right. you know you have um, oh uh, what's her name. Rose McGowan. Yep. But like, yeah, nothing like that happened. If it did, we, it should be, it, you should definitely be taking the task for which, it. But. Which kind of confused me, because, not confused me, but she was the first person about the B2 going after Harvey Weinstein. So it's like, if she's going to go after Harvey Weinstein, these other people, Epstein, all these other people, yeah. she'd go after her ex too. And so Correct. that's where I'm kind of like, I, I, I don't know if this is a media thing where it's like, stop blurring the lines, give us fact. Give us fiction. Let us determine, like, hey, this is what's we're presented to us. Deal with it. I don't like this. It's it, the whole thing. It just it makes me sad, not only for him, but the victims and everyone caught between. Because it's like, you don't, will we ever know what really happened? Now is or will it just be? It might have happened. Let's get him off the radio. Let's cancel his TV shows. Let's cancel all the stuff. Let's have management leave him. So that's where I'm kind of like, it's so... Yeah, everyone just dropped him instead of like, hey, we'll suspend you until we can have an investigation into this. But I think just going out and cleaning house like that is just like, man, you're really... It's like cancel culture, which you and I could probably go on forever about, is basically it's like, you know, um, listen, how many times have we seen... I mean, hell, well, let's talk about it. It's Tara Reid, old, old, yeah. uh, you know, Biden's old person. She has all kinds of like testimonies like that. Nothing. Right. So I Nothing. guess why I get upset is it's the so, media it's decides so selective. What it's so comes selective. Through. It's like right. they just need another boogeyman. And who's a better boogeyman than Manson, right? Right. Yeah. It's a very touchy subject, obviously. I mean, people will say, well, you're men. You shouldn't be talking about it. I'm like, absolutely should, because we are men. And the 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 the, the ethos of guilty to proven innocent is still a thing. That's why. I, so I guess I, I'm probably going to come off as very, like I, like you said, uh, but I, I I uphold and I want to protect the idea that you are innocent until proven guilty. And yeah. I find that over the last, course of the last couple of years, that's been thrown out the window for personal gain or yeah. whatever a story you want to tell. Instead of telling the right story, you just tell the story out there first. And that's what really bothers me. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, let's be strictly honest here. I said, some of the people are coming forward again. I don't know them, but I mean, you hear enough stories. Let's look at Johnny Depp's thing with Amber Heard. 
I'm sorry, that oh. chick's, ooh, she's like, she's a, a live wire, man. So, I mean, you're kind of going, mm, I, I don't know. You know, there's been, again, enough people. I mean, everyone deals with bouts of anger, but some of the things these people are like saying happen, I'm like, really? I mean, again, it's like, you can't cry wolf like years after this thing happened. You should have nipped it in the bud then. Uh, and it always feels like there's an axe to grind something for something else. And it's just kind of like, it's easier just to do this. But again, dude, I, it's kind of one of the things that you just don't want to say anything until something comes forward. But you're no, also it's like, right. Well, it's like presents evidence. You can't just go off assumption or like, well, but again, it all comes back to the fact that my, you guys knew who you were going to get in a relationship with. I mean, the guy says it on record. He says it in his book. His book was full of like, hey, this is what I'm into. You better be up for it. Yeah, I guess that's why I'm like talking with you doing this right now. Like for me, when I see that stuff, I'm kind of like, well, I got to take it as I got to learn as much as I can about this and make my come to my own assessment judgment. But the fact that we are talking about it is probably the best step you could do instead of just reading headlines on either side. Because I, again, man, I just, I don't know. And if it did happen, God forbid, I'd, I'd kill the guy right now. Um, but if, if you were a victim when it first happened, what's that say to you if it did happen? You didn't say anything for 15 years. How many other victims were hurt by your actions? Right, right. You, your silence basically put a lot of other so people in So I'm, I'm trying to decide. I don't, like, I don't understand it. I think it's – for you and I talking about it again, I think it's healthy. And, uh, yeah, it's just – the whole thing, it's just very fascinating. Very interesting times in the entertainment industry. Well, let's let's talk about what happened this week with Disney Plus. Getting Gina Carano from yeah, yesterday uh, or today, yeah. She can't speak her mind. Obviously, it's a little touchy subject she went into. But how many times have we heard people on the other side say the exact same thing, if not worse? And they weren't canceled; they were applauded. She now is basically she's going to become a poster child for basically the cancel culture again. They got another scalp. Thing problem here though is is like. Disney Plus is subscription based. You can go online. It's the number two trending thing right now. Oh, in the it's world on Twitter. Cancel. Yep. And they're going to lose a lot of things. And I'm sorry. At the end of the day, stockholders don't give a shit about cancel culture. You know what they care about? Money. Their dividends. Now, let me. So that happens. And I like her. I, I, I mean, I, follow, I always follow her through the fighting. I think her beliefs are her beliefs. She's awesome, man. She's awesome. No, she, her social media is very positive. I mm -hmm. mean, there's certain stuff that offended people, obviously, but I look at it back. You look at the director, James Gunn, of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. All these old tweets and texts about pedophilia, whatever it was. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, whether it was a joke or not, those tweets existed. That is out yeah. there. Disney fires them because the backlash is so bad. Why did you fire this guy? Because he was innocent. These are just jokes. They rehire him. But then you, you fire Gina for comparing the mask wearing – being, being silenced in terms of like how the, the Nazis well the intimidation getting you know that she right. posted a photo of like you, you have people know, ratting on each other that allows right. that whole mentality to kind of now go after those people exactly right and like you have Josh Weldon I mean how, we've heard a lot of horror stories about this guy director he's like he's still lauded yeah you know Roman Polanski like dude look at Seth Rogen that guy says some insane shit online and you're just like Gets a pass because he's a funny guy and he happens to just be super lefty. Yeah, you know, I don't that's get okay. it. It's it's so weird, man. Like if you're gonna go after people for okay, uh, if you're gonna go after people like that, so be it. But make sure you bring up Roman Polanski next time or James Gunn or all these other people that have some really dark pasts that no one on that one side, the left, cares about. And it's just like I don't. I'm no. just over. I'm just over the canceling of anyone, man. Like, you could say what you want. I don't like my pillow pillows, but here's the thing: I respect his uh, perseverance through drug addiction, making himself successful. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to say he's conspiracy theories, conspiracy, so be it. I'm not going to make a comment on that. I don't believe half the stuff. Whatever. But you're gonna you're gonna be one of 15, 16 stores like BJ's or Dollar General. You're not going to carry his products because he thinks one way or the other. And that's where I'm just kind of like, no one make you buy those pillows or products or see that person's movie or yeah. watch to buy their album. Let those people decide. Uh, yeah, they wanna, yeah, they want to eradicate it so where you don't have a choice. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, they, and that's what they're afraid of. They're afraid of – and it's so funny, dude, because they're the pro-choice people. Yet they won't let you have a choice when it comes to the marketplace. The most liberal people – 
are the antithesis of what liberalism is. They don't. Oh, they're, they're not liberal. They're, yeah, right. they're not liberals in a classical sense. They're they're they're, and they're not socialism. It's communism, is what it is. Basically, it's a kind of a soft communism manifesto um, that's pushed by these radical ideas. To what's no end is the funny thing is is like, it ends up eating them. And we're finding out, you know, you got these, I've seen a couple of, you know, the, the whole insulin thing now where basically like Trump got it down to like 60 bucks. Yep. And now you have these people going into these, they're on TikTok or whatever, they're raging anti-Trump people. And now they're screaming that they're having to pay $500 a month now. So I'm like, well, did you guys not, it's like you chose personality over policy. And it's like now the policy is starting to wrench back on it because basically it's like you're not prepared for it because you thought it was going to be all rainbows and you know leprechauns but here we go reality hitting your face but um going back to the whole uh the cancel thing man it's um it's bewildering because it used to be one of those things too where it's just like you know i may not agree with you have to say but i will fight to the death to preserve the fact that you have the right to say it that's gone yeah it's it the, on the other side of this coin um these people they're so pro-gun with their marches and wearing tack vests and gear out to marches. Like, stop. Like, you're stop. an idiot, it's, too. You it, are just it, as bad as absolutely. these Absolutely. Yeah, you don't need to mount whatever. up. Like, I hate all you people. Dude, that is that is a small dick energy. Uh, like, what is mentality. that? I'm just, I'm just blown away by both sides with their bullshit. And I think oh. one thing happens on one side, the other side picks up a notch, and it's just this never-ending escalation of just dumb bullshit. Like, I don't oh. even know where I sit Politically, I mean, I, I'm very pro-Constitution, pro-Freedoms, all the amendments, speech, religion, press. Like, I'm all for it. But it's it just, man, both sides are insane right now. Insane. Man, listen, I, I, I've always seen myself as a fiscal conservative, strong military, strong law enforcement, socially very liberal, I guess, if we want to use that word in a classic sense, not in the, yes. the, modern, not in yes. the, the modern perversion of it. Um, but yeah, look, man. And this whole thing about equality is there's never going to be equality because the problem with equality is that it levels the playing field when quite honestly, that's never going to happen because someone's in, ambition is someone's ambition. A here is going to be much stronger than B over here. And you're going to say that a has to cover the lack of B's ambition. And, and listen, I, I think it's funny because we never, they always act like there's such so much fiscal injustice or fiscal inequality because, um, Again, B is not making the same as A, but the problem is they never take into account that most people who make a good deal of money, for the most part, they're very charitable people. They're, right. they're philanthropic. They give to the right causes. They give the causes they choose. Um, they always act. We're the most giving country in the world. I mean, to, to not only our own country, but the world. Um, we get taken advantage of. Now, and let's talk when to... you don't give enough, it's, right. you're berated for it. Let's uh, talk about your boy in Dallas. The uh, Mavericks for the national anthem. Cuban that that backfired real quick. <laughs> I, I, what I can't understand, dude, is why he did it. I, 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 I don't, don't either. I, you know, if it's about unity or some people, I laugh because he's like, you know, some people, from what I could take bits and pieces, his idea was that the national anthem didn't represent a lot of people. I'm thinking, we're all Americans. You're in it America. Everybody. And it's not one of the things, well, all the guys in the court are millionaires playing a child's game that's it represents them i said no it doesn't i know he's trying to refer to it as the greater audience but i'm like i don't think one person has ever had an issue with the national anthem up until what two or three years ago and now it's become this again another thing and i'm i'm like a cuban why are you getting involved in this what what's your point now and the NBA coming back and saying, well, all the other teams are going to play it regardless of what I say. So you're going to be the outcast, the outlier. And, hey, I hate to tell you, dude, I know Dibbles, Dallas is a very democratic city, believe it or not. I mean, I, every, and that's the thing people realize is in Texas, always talking about being a red state. And, like, every major city is is democratically run. Right. So it's not that – it's a very fine line between red and blue in that state. But I'm like, man, you're, 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 you're in a city that represents a certain thing texas represents a lot of people in america very maverick very independent thinking um and you're going to take away one of the main items that basically represents the country which is our anthem and, yeah, effort. I, I, and I you know i love how the stars the, the hockey team uh, responded like hey we're proud of our country we're proud of our city 
we are going to play the uh, national anthem. And it's, it's just for me. I'm just like, why are we at this point where you have to do that? It's like I like you. Uh, you have more of a military family mind, uh, but I remember going to, growing up to whether I was playing the sport or going to the old Boston Garden and see the Bruins. If I had my hat under the national anthem. Your, my, your parent or a family member would knock you in the shoulder, hey, take your hat off, put your hand on your heart. And that, like that's when you, I grew up in like, the sense of pride. And I went to a military college, and every time yeah. they, at six o'clock, Reveille and all this stuff, you'd stop at attention and salute the flag if you're uniform, like all this stuff. It's like, I wish more people had that. Now, you could be bad at the government or the country and different parts of it, but you should still be proud of your country. And again, I don't, I don't, I can't understand why people would not want to support so i just don't get i don't get it man i get lost trying to think about it 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 almost feels like cuban doesn't know his audience blue collar america yeah they're they're the ones that go to games black white brown doesn't matter they're buying the merch they're buying they're buying the tickets during a pandemic or they're watching the tv i love hockey i'm not a big hockey fan i do appreciate the game as i get older I, i do appreciate more and more but they've never bent the knee which no, I, I love, love the hockey. And the problem with the Mavericks is, and it's uh, Brady's a great example uh, of what, uh, and even um, there's a few other players, how he, one person can come in and totally change the team culture. Brady wasn't going to allow for the people, the Buccaneers to ever bend, like get on their knees. They're gonna, you're going to, you're going to take your helmet off. You're going to cross your heart during this anthem. Cause we're representing more than just this team and more than just you. It's bigger than you. So stand up. And appreciate this and basically it changed the whole mentality of, of the buccaneers what happens now is you've got like there's no one like Nowitzki anymore uh, Nowitzki, i'm sorry with dallas so you have right. no central figure player who's like you know actually who'd almost be bigger than the owner right and what you basically got is some a team that's very malleable to the owner's needs and desires and like that instead of someone having someone saying no that's not what we're gonna do it's not a good look um but you know what he'll the problem is this year is like Cuba's not going to feel it because attendance is going to be limited anyway. So he won't feel what, like when you usual season, when you have 15,000 a night, it, it winds up being half that it's going to be small anyway. So he's not going to feel it for a while. And if he continues this charade, it will hurt him eventually. Um, but I think it's disgraceful considering you coming from a town, like you said, like the, the stars are, are staying tight. Uh, you got Jerry Jones. Jerry's very pro Anthem. Oh, I mean, just but, so you want to be you want to be one of the owners of a Dallas sports team, and you're going to be the one that's going to be. Yeah, I know. It's an attention grabbing thing. It's a usual Cuban thing, attention grabbing. And for a guy, if there's one guy that should be happy to be an American, oh, because he took the broadcast, which was kind of an iffy thing, got in early and sold it for billions of dollars. And if he tried to sell that same app these days, no one would look at it. So if there's anyone who'd be happy as an American and and American capitalism and ideals supported him to get the race point where he can actually own a team it'd be him but he seems to kind of forgotten that you uh you 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 touched on the hockey and one of my favorite players the last decade was has been pk suban who's a black player yeah and that i mean outside the hockey the guy's phenomenal he'd be big his charity work building schools all his craziness but that league if this was any other league they would prop him up to be bigger than what he who he wants to be yeah. and they're not using they're just saying the when you look when i look at pk super i'm like oh that's my favorite black hockey player that's my favorite black dude he's my he's my one of my favorite hockey players outside of one of the bruins obviously but he's one of my favorite hockey players not because he's black because he's a great person he's a great hockey player and yeah. i think other sports kind of got hijacked whether it's owners or media or different conglomerates who are like hey let's do this let's do this it's a it's like, come on, man, just play the game and be a good person. That's why I mean, dude. Well, uh, I mean, look, you, you don't have to look any further than the league than someone like James, LeBron James. Right. I mean, I, he's he's spearheaded this kind of like rhetoric where basically like I'm like cap the counter Kaepernick kind of thing. It's like you're going to be rewarded for your bad behavior. And uh, again, it's like obviously with a, a Nike being made in China. Uh, you wouldn't tell you what Cuban wouldn't do this if it was in China. It basically, and that's the thing is oh, like NBA that's... has a weird NBA has a weird tie to China for some reason. And uh, I guess because the sport's super popular there, and when they went over there, they basically it, it was like it was they were they were too. It felt like they were weird bedfellows. 
But if we're super comfortable. Well, again, your Houston Rockets that would yell big uh, played the NBA. Like that's yeah. why I thought the, the explosion really blew up, where it became NBA is already a multi-billion billion dollar industry. Yeah. But with the a player like Yao Ming coming there in China, it just blew up, and the, the Nike contracts and all this stuff. Where it's like, I yeah, it's just. And again, LeBron's a great player. I I'm, I think he's a great family guy from everything you hear and see. And but it's just. So, what, well, look, man. Years ago, he had really great intent. I mean, he was he was that guy that could have been, he could have been Kobe. He'll never be Kobe. Doesn't matter how much he wins more. He'll never be that grace. You know. Right. Um, the thing though is like, it's like any sports, and we're seeing this obviously this year. But I mean, when I was growing up, basketball, the Bullets, Washington Bullets were my team because that's where I lived. And you know, if you represent a team, because we go to Roy Rogers every Sunday. And they have like the Washington Bullet plastic cups, and you collect them all, and it's like West End Cell and all these guys. And then to think that they, the Washington Bullets have all played, change their name. Why? What, what? What? When did we get so soft, dude? It's like, so it's like, you know, so now you got the Redskins, they're gone. The Chiefs are getting all this absolute thing. Cleveland Indians, they're no more. I'm thinking the whole, why, why in the last few years has everything gone so upside down nuts? I guess I would see the I would, and I the reason why I've just I've been doing like a lot of research on like Native Americans, Indigenous peoples, and on my other podcasts. I've been talking to a lot of these guests with these different backgrounds, but I'm kind of like I would I would I would understand if the Redskins want to change their name. But my problem with it is, yes, while there are Native Americans, Indigenous peoples that don't like the name, there's just as many people that do as have a sense of pride to it. So, if, if the people you're offending are split down the middle. How could we, and myself as a white guy, take any side here? Like, I, I just don't, again, this isn't a, if you're picking, uh, we are the uh, Seattle Hitler Youth, that name should be kicked out. Anyone that sides with the Hitler Youth name should be banished with the team. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I just don't, I, again, maybe I'm just naive, but I don't, I don't get it. Well, it, it's funny because it's like, the whole thing, let's say these Redskins, like you said, yes, there's there's some that are offended by it or whatever, but a lot of the elders love it. They love it. It brings attention to them. The Skins were always giving charitable things to, like, all the tribes, and all the Navajo Nation everything. Yep. I mean, okay, if that offends you, then maybe we should close all those damn casinos, Choctaw and everything else, because that's basically just showing that they're – oh, all the Indians like to do is get involved in gambling. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, great. Thing. I mean, so if you're going to start nitpicking, let's nitpick. But the idea that you want to take away these things, which are prideful to the cities, prideful to the cities, man. And you kind of, I, I hate to dig my dad up from the grave and go, hey, Pop, you know what? They're not called the Skins anymore. Well, what are they? The team of Washington. He'd be like, put me back, son. Put me back in the fucking ground. Don't open my lid again. <laughs> you know? So you got that. That's part of it, dude. And um just the idea that that's where I've gotten. So this come full circle on the idea of cults, the cult of these type of people. Can you imagine how miserable these sons of bitches are all the time? And all they do is go around looking for things to get all uh, just fouled up about. But here's my whole thing with that. If you're going after a cause, whether it's uh, say your cause is we're going to stop all the hate crimes. Man, I was, I'd march with you. I would take a bullet for you. But they're Dude, not going after causes man. that everyone can unite behind. Yeah. They're just going after causes they don't agree with. And that's where I draw the line. Dude, listen, it all comes back to one thing. And this is the thing that Malcolm X, of all people to talk about, is like the worst people in the world are white liberalism is going to be the downfall. And I've got friends that are liberal, but they're, they're, they're smart about it. Again, they're classically liberal. They're not like this absolutely chaotic. Right. Wearing fucking pink pussy hats and shit like that to represent that's not feminism. That's not feminism at all. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's lunacy. And I look at it too, where I don't care what I have friends in all walks of life, all walks of life. And I don't even, I don't even, some of my best friends think exactly 180 of what I do. And I, we get along, we never talk about, it, we don't care. Yeah. We don't, and it's just like, where can we, we should get back to that where we can all have those, like, I don't. I don't know Rose McGowan or uh, Madonna when they go after the they say all this anti man stuff or all this whatever. And it's like, dude, maybe you and I would get along. Like, what do you? I just, I don't know. I get. Uh... Well, a, a lot of those people just they 
a lot of them come from bad relationships. They come from weird families. So they basically have created this thing. It's like they just need to get, if they run into a few people who aren't that way, that will help kind of sway their minds or change them to realize that most people, most people in this country, man, are pretty normal, just want to live their lives, go to work, take care of the family, create something, whatever, have a good time. They're not, not everyone, dude. We are a lot of, unfortunately, we have to talk about our micro niche because the micro niche seems to be the ones that scream the loudest. Yeah, imagine if we all just, work together. They really should just be ignored, quite honestly. If we didn't give them a forum, I mean, but the problem is, is like the people who should be having a forum get canceled. Twitter's on an absolute rage. I mean, granted, I mean, there's other platforms that are coming forward to give people a voice. There but were. it just becomes radical. Right. Like, okay, if Twitter is this far left, well, Gab or Parler's this far right. Like, there's no one. I mean, being a centrist, I always think now is like, you know, Bill Clinton would get trounced from the Democratic Party these days. He would be trounced. Oh, he was a centrist, man. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, forget about JFK. Imagine if we it. all worked together. The, That's the thing, just, man. It just conquered. It made, they took, made the world that much more badass. The only problem with that, dude, is like, you know what? We want to do that. We want to do that. And majority of people want to do that. Unfortunately, there are people who won't do that because if they can't profit for them attain power from it, whatever. Right. Um, so I, I just don't know. And unfortunately, the people who are in, I want to call them power. These are elected officials. They can get yanked from that office pretty quickly. I mean, it's a little bit of a, it's a, it's a, it's a steep hill to get them out. But I mean, these are not kings and queens. They're, you know, they didn't get there by warfare. And that's what I quite honestly, we should bring back, we should bring back duels, duels between d disagreeing politicians to go 20 paces with a pistol or if they really want to get it to like going back to like Norse times when basically, hey, I'm a citizen, but I don't like my elder. So what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fight him in a square in the ring with swords. Whoever who ends up live is going to be the elder. Now, we should have that. Like, I would love to go up against, oh, Ben Sass <laughs> in a sword fight and say, look, dude, I take your position or you hold it. What are you gonna do? Well, I, hey, you pick your martial art. I'll pick mine. We'll beat right. Akubate, and then whoever wins. It's wins. like why? Why can't we bring that back? Because there's no room for actual intellectual discourse anymore. It's like you're either conspiracy therapists, you're out of line, you're in, you know, whatever else they're coming up with. Man, I think this. I think this was a good talk today. It's good, man. I hope it. I hope it gets. Uh, it's obviously got a few people probably get under their skin, but that's good. Man, that's what it's about. It's about talking this out, man. And like it, you said, dude, you and I can disagree with a lot of people. Um, and I have some friends that have some wild, as they probably think I have wild ideas, and they have wild ideas. But I love them more than anything, man. I protect them to my last breath because that's yeah, what no, I that's... would hope. I would hope. Can't always guarantee it. They would do the same for me. Um, but at the end of the day, man, it's like. You can say all you want or something like that, but it's like it just comes down if you're a good person or not. And, you know, your actions mimic your words. If we did get under anyone's skin, um, next week we're going to take your skin. So uh... <laughs> we're going to take your skin. <laughs> going back to Colts. No, so Again, I think dude, that's a weird cult thing, man. It's going back to like, let's talk about like Ed Gein or. Uh... Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Yeah. Wayne Gacy. These guys are all collectible. It's like there's a serial killer. Uh, obsession, which is so odd. This is so odd to me. Yeah, I, don't, I just, I just, I don't know why I gravitate towards the macabre of that. Um, yeah. I, and I, what's frightening is they're real people, right? And yeah. They're killing real people. It's like this isn't a movie or a TV show. Like these are real life horror show that these families and victims had to live through. Yeah. Damn. I, I, I think with a lot of things, it's like. It also goes back to people like we can. It's always so funny people help people reference Hitler. He's always like the point. I'm like going, you never bring up Pol Pot in your conversation. You never bring up Stalin, any right. of those guys. Like those guys are never brought Gunga Din. They're never brought in the conversation when people talk about like, you know, mass killers. You know, it's 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 bizarre. Yeah, Again, everyone's very selective. Imagine if Jim Jones had social media as is today. The amount of people that would have killed themselves. Think of that, man. Think of the cult. Imagine if Charles Manson had Twitter. Like, dude, that, that, that I just that blows my mind. Well, it's funny. It's like again, it's like the the amount of celebrity that's given it to him. And 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 I I know that Terry that's Hill a great was, that's a great part, our, uh, song title too. If, what's that? If if Manson had Twitter. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, forget about it. Um, the. 
the, the, I love what Tarantino did with the whole Manson story, though, where he basically turned it on his head. Loved it. And people I like, mean, this didn't happen. No shit. Once upon a time, yeah. you dumbass. Well, to go back to real quick, so we're talking about Night Stalker. That's a, that was a great series, uh, amazing series, and I love again the love the angle of talking about the cops. But there's a new one out now. It's the uh, the one about the Cecil uh, Hotel in LA. I have to check. The, I have to check that out. Yeah, it's it's funny how that and there's Nightcrawler. There's a couple other things. It's like those are like the number one like shows now on Netflix. Again, we get back to that mentality. It's like people like cringe at blood and gore, but boy, they sure do love. They do love. They love them some macabre. Yeah, no, it's uh, I'm into it, man. Yeah. So, let's uh, let's wrap this one up. It sounds and good. Then, again, guys, for anyone, once you guys listen to this, like we're gonna do this more of a free thinking kind of a free kind of thing. Here's the thing too with this: while we do like structure in the sense of releasing stuff once it's out, if Justin and I read a new story tonight or have an urge to go this tomorrow, we're not we're gonna release stuff as we. This is a completely open world we're trying to create here. So be on the lookout for different stuff, new posts. Um, I think we're at Scatterbrain Talk on Instagram, mm -hmm. at Scatterbrain Talk. But again, this is just Justin and I just talking about life in general and just drinking caffeine and, I don't know, maybe talking yeah, shit. And, and guys, remember, our opinions are solely our opinions, and they don't reflect anyone else's but our thoughts going through our minds. And if there's something you disagree with, you know what? We're more than welcome to talk and, and change our minds. Change our minds about some things. I love it. I, I'm open-minded to any kind of thing. If I was wrong about something or misguided, John, too, let us know, man. But uh, well, we just speak about what we know and how we feel. And yeah, that's and, basically uh, what right. Scatterbrain is. We don't really have an agenda. We'll have some points we'll hit upon. And once we do get start rolling guests in here, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about them. But then, then we'll basically get them out of their comfort zone and we'll just – it's just be, you know, just people talking. No, I love it. Well, uh, until yeah. ne next time, Justin. Absolutely, dude. We'll see it again. It could be in an hour. Who knows? It's great. It does. Start one right now. Later, dude. <laughs> All right, bro. Talk to you.